What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Every now and then on this podcast, we go looking for an idea for a special event, like Halloween, and we go looking around, and it turns out that it was right under our nose. We've been doing this podcast long enough, right, Marcus? Absolutely, and there it was, right there. And it wasn't even that far back. Ray Coop with Marcus Goldman. Hello. And this is a re-release, redux, whatever the hell you want to call it, of last year's Halloweeny roast. It's the Cramps versus Type O negative. So much fun. And your production points, <laughs> just so silly. And uh, that's what it's all about. Like silly fun and candy at Halloween. So we figured, hey, it is Halloween. Let's just put out the episode that we put out last year that we really couldn't approve upon this year for Halloween. So, ready, let's go. <laughs> it is your favorite season, Marcus. It's Halloween. <laughs> I like your evil laugh, dude. <laughs> Thank you. It is the Halloweenie roast number two. Do it. Dos. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you get around to naming it in numbers, it reminds me of the Halloween movie season, right? And we just saw the whole series of Jason and Michael Myers movies just appearing, like leading up to Halloween on TV. I just watched oh, a yeah. bunch of them. Oh, that yeah. was some terrible fucking shit, man. That oh, was some yeah. terrible movie. At one point in the middle of uh, the first Halloween movie, right? Marisa says, is the main body of the movie just him moving from place to place, hiding and killing all the kids? And I went, yes! It's <laughs> always went, been that way. Uh, is there anything else on? Yeah, you see all these movies starting to pop up all over the movie channel channels and the uh, network channels and the uh, cable channels over Halloween month or October and it's wonderful. My favorite movie to see during the Halloween time period is Phantasm. It still to this day is one of my favorites and Halloween 1 still scares the bejeez out of me. It makes me really uncomfortable and squirmy to this day. 
Is it a coincidence that a new series about Chucky, the murderous doll, is being launched in Halloween season this year? Uh, I don't think so. Man. Look, some of those movies are fun. Some of them are more horrifyingly bad than a two-year-old bag of candy corn. Did you ever find something like that, like old candy corn? It's like, it's like... Like rock, you know. That stuff's got a half life of like two hundred thirty five thousand years or something like that. Holy end of the cow. world. Yeah. The roaches, Keith Richards, and candy corn. That's it. But I tell you what, I know most people hate candy corn, but I really like candy corn. After Halloween season, I'm done with it though. Quick little break, and then it's like, oh, too much later. And then a year later, you find the remnants and decide, am I going to eat it or not? Do it again. Do it again. Just like the Valentine candy hearts at Halloween, yes. Valentine's Day as well. Yes, so. a year later. <laughs> well, we're off onto a different track already, talking about Halloween and Halloweenies and all that. And uh, we thought we'd do something different this year to set up the Halloween season. I'm excited by the fact that we are talking about the these two bands who at one time or another may have scared people. But in oh, actuality, yeah. they're not really that scary. They're both just really amazing bands. And both bands, while viewed maybe as scary, had one hell of a sense of fucking humor, man. These two bands that we're going to be talking about, The Cramps and Typo Negative, had senses of humor like nobody's business. About themselves? About the music. About and... the industry, about oh, society, yeah. about so many things. And they. Just... And the funny part is, especially on Typo's part, their music was so heavy and dark that you had to really know what they were saying to get some of the, the humor embedded in it. The cramps, it was all like uh, right on top, you know. Oh, yeah. Jive party time, man. Yeah. And a little uh, crazy, uh, crazy rockabilly thrown in, you know. Oh, absolutely. The cramps totally influenced by all of the old rockabilly artists going back to eric lee perkheiser's early days in stowe ohio who is eric lee perkheiser yes who is he he became known as lux interior the front man of the cramps and one half of the love story when we do a full breakdown overview of the cramps that we will talk about because the story of the cramps is a love story it's Wild. Their logo is influenced by the early tales from the Crypt comics. The reason- you're gonna love it. When Seriously. I was doing my notes for this, you're gonna love it. I was like, it was like you with your peachy folders. Yeah. I was drawing yeah, somewhere here in my stacks. I got it. Uh, here it is. Yeah. Is that it? No, it's on the maybe. Let's maybe see. I recycled it already. But it was like uh, their logo I was drawn their logo, and then like I was drawing human fly while I was listening to human fly yeah. and trying to draw what I thought the human fly logo would be, oh, yeah. and I kept going down song after song on through the, especially on this one record, right? And I'm thinking. Oh, Marcus would love it if there was video of this. Oh, there's absolutely. not. Absolutely. He would love to see something like that. But <laughs> Lux Interior, Eric Perkheiser grew up in Stowe, Ohio in the 40s and 50s. And they didn't have a lot of TV in smaller towns and suburbs in the Midwest. And for you to call the radio station in Cleveland, you had to pay the operator because it was long distance. You got billed from suburbs to city. Like, people have no idea. And the rotary dial... Hang up right now. It's a toll call. Exactly. Exactly that. They had to connect you to the operator sometimes to make sure that, like, the calls, you know, were billed properly. Like, it was wild. And at that time, some of the channels started filling time with 
these B-rated horror flicks from the 50s and 60s as he was growing up. And so that's what all of the kids in Stowe, Ohio watched. And then in 57, this guy named Pete Mad Daddy Myers was on the radio in Cleveland and he was playing things like uh, Dwayne Eddy and Link Ray and, you know, all of that rebel rock and roll mixed with the, the soul, the R&B. I mean, he also was a big uh, Little Richard fan. He said that uh, Tutti Frutti and both he and Poison and Ivy believed that Tutti Frutti completely changed the world because it was dangerous in the way that the other rock and roll songs weren't. And that's a word that keeps coming up. It came up in Guns N' Roses. It's come up so many other times. And anytime that word comes up, you know that music is great. So the cramps, rockabilly, horror, early goth, whatever you want to call them or label them as, they're a straight rock and roll band. And when you listen to their sound, you will hear that straight rock and roll sound. After two years of listening to you geek out about the cramps, I finally dug in deep to those files you sent me a while back, and I went on to Spotify and started exploring. And I got to tell you, I'm glad you picked them as your side of the scary equation. But I found what you said right at the beginning. A lot of the stuff's just really cool music. But I look, I found the, uh, and I'll, I'll take a picture of it and post it so you can see how I got the Cramps logo oh, there. Yeah, like, there it is. And, and, and uh, there's the one. Oh, right underneath it, it says Human Fly. See it? Can you yeah. see that one? I don't totally. know if you can make that I out. I can but, see it. But that's, I used to do that when I was a kid in school, too. But I put it right on to mm-hmm. the, I had the blue denim type folder. And I would just draw mm-hmm. right on there. Man, that pissed my mother. Anyways, but so what we're going to do, you brought up the Cramps, a band you love. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give you my scary honorable mentions. How's that work? That sounds good, and then I'll tell you my five favorite scary cramp songs. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Both of mine are, uh, there's two of them, okay. and they're both on that amazing debut album, which I can say because I listened the other day, and I'm like, I'm getting my Marcus Diggsies guy so much because it also reflects who you are musically, okay? But the album, the songs the Lord taught us, which I find is very funny, there's two songs. One qualifies, well, these two qualify because they have scary content. One is Zombie Dance, which is also a pretty damn cool song. But the winner, I guess, for my uh, honorable mention of the cramps, is I was a teenage werewolf. Woo! <laughs> well, that was a pretty heinous evil laugh. It must be Halloween. It's totally Halloween. I was a teenage werewolf. Races on my face. Make me stop. 
Halloween, October's time of the month. And what are your creepy crawly five from the Crumps? Starting at number five, because I think everybody would be scared if you ran into a situation where this occurred. Bikini girls with machine guns. Woo! Well, I've been a drag racer on LSD. And if you are afraid of anything BDSM, you might want to stay away from this next song, The Creature from the Black Leather Lagoon. (laughs) You better ask my mama how to make a monster. And number three might be the drink you have if you go to a bar on Halloween. Eyeball in my martini. thought of it i was thinking of uh what's the movie where they're making the soup and then the eyeball pops up and i can't think of it's one of those great movies comic movies with horror in it thinking of which there's a new adams family kind of like uh like the way animated yeah but i I haven't i've just been seeing little bits of it on football game commercials but hey look it's all about what's happening this season and that's why we're doing this podcast, right? I did not know that. Yeah, I saw it the other day. That's wild. So, so where do we leave off? Did we lose your number two? I have number my three. number. No, we stopped at number three, Eyeball in My Martini. And number yes. two, Devil Behind the Bush. Ah, 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 ah. Well, there's a devil behind that bush. Yes, a devil Well, I definitely can think of two innuendos, and that's the front and back. 
And well, we'll just stop right there. And don't forget the religious uh, aspect as well. Well, well, I didn't even think of that. So there's I'm three scary. I'm thinking things that are scary. The devil behind the bush. I'm taking it literally, I guess, too. <laughs> you know, does he have a pitchfork? <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> is he riding a Harley? Yeah. Is he got like? Is he like got the, uh, the 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 crazy wild psycho Billy hairdo? I don't know. <laughs> what does the devil look and like? Maybe a leather Halloween? jacket. What costume is he wearing? Oh, we'll find out this year. <laughs> and your number one scary, hairy, cramp song for this Halloweeny, Marcus. Harry would definitely fit in there because if you were to run into a human fly, it would be a pretty hairy, scary creature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With lots of eyes staring yes. at you. When I'm a human fly, I said it is alive. I say buh, 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 and it's just because I'm a human fly, and I don't know why I got nothing is 96 eyes. I got a garbage brain that's driving me insane. And I don't like a ride, so push that best aside. And baby, I won't care, cause baby, I don't scare. Cause I'm a reborn maggot using gym warfare. <gasps> And also, Poison Ivy's guitar tone is absolutely unbelievable in there. So, now we have it, your scary five from the cramps and my honorable mentions. But, you know, we've been sitting here in these costumes, and we have to let the audience know how we decided to choose our costume for this Halloweeny celebration. I'll, I'll go first. He was my first concert, one of my first favorite interviews I ever did, and I just saw an image of Alice Cooper with a couple other scary superheroes like King Diamond, and, and, and I just thought, that's the perfect Alice makeup, and that's my costume, Alice Cooper, for this Halloweeny. Excellent, Mr. And, Cooper. And Wanna... we're still not worthy, right? And would you like to play a round of golf in your costume? Sure, why not? Dude, that's the golf tournament to do for Alice Cooper. You have to dress like Alice Cooper in makeup and play a round of golf. Everybody dresses Alice. Dude, At least so your makeup and hair. Makeup and right? hair and a hat, and you have to have the full attire. You have to wear an Alice Cooper-like Extra costume. points for a boa constrictor. Yeah, 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 I'm seeing it. All right, well, we're making a note. That could be our first big uh, celebrity outing for the podcast. Bingo. Famous Toby Mamus, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus... I'm standing here with the whip in my hand and the bow around my neck is Alice Cooper. And what is your costume, my friend? My costume this year is a costume that was chosen by our son again for all three of us to dress up as. And that is a vampire bat. We are all vampire bats this year. Oh, nothing makes Halloween seem like a little more fun than uh, ABV. Let's just say that. And the guys at Crooked Eye... They know how to chalk up the ABVs when it comes to making a good brew or anything else. So let's hit a crooked eye, and then we'll come back, and we'll see the other side of this scary coin on the Halloweeny Roast number two. <laughs> so much has been happening this year and changing at Crooked Eye Brewery, our sponsor for a long time now, Marcus. 
Since 2014, they've been pouring the cure for what ails you, but then they added craft cocktails. Then they added ciders. And recently, they opened the Crooked Eye Kitchen and Salty Vets Barbecue being served at the premises. You used to have to bring something with you. Now just bring your appetite. The long-term business plan of Crooked Eye has been very smart. Whatever they were going to do before the pandemic had to change drastically, and they've made the adjustments. And as we've slowly opened up, they've slowly continued to add and add and create more. And it's much to the delight of the people going in there all the time, because like you've said, every night's a party, a different kind of party over That's at Crooked Eye. It's and a random sometimes party. what the music is, like the Blues Jam or the second Tuesday of the month with my vinyl night, which is anything you want it to be. The Crooked Eye Band and all the other performers who make it fun, Mafia, all performing. Check it all out. And the way to find out about who's playing when is on their Facebook. That's really the best way to keep up, but the website too, I guess. So if you're looking for a place to go, make a plan, grab a friend, meet at Crooked Eye in the heart of Hatboro, serving you since 2014. It's fall, and I know, Marcus, that you've got a ton of anecdotal stories about your feet and riding and running and all that stuff that you do in the fall. And I know bold foot socks are part of your regiment, right? Absolutely. They wick moisture off your feet and keep them dry. I do wear the bold foot socks when I bike and never, ever have I had swampy feet. And I've ridden on almost a hundred degree heat index day and my feet right. weren't this swampy. Summer especially, so right? yeah, Whew. I really like what they do. And another bonus is they're American made. Boldfoot Socks is a company that uh, Josh got into because he did a 100K thing. Where, who could, Man, who has time for that, man? He's amazing. So he goes and does his 100K in these Boldfoot Socks, and the socks perform so well, he believes, and he's right, that these socks are really going to revolutionize footwear for people who work out and ride, especially uh, someone like you who rides a lot on their on their bike. And let's not forget, Josh did that like hundred mile run in the Nevada desert. That what? is gnarly and tough. And he donates portions of his sales to military charities, which is awesome. So go check out their amazing variety of colors and styles. Great socks. And you can find them all at boldfoot.com. Thanks to them for their support of the podcast. As always, Boldfoot Socks, American grown, American sewn. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. 
It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, are you bleeding? Yeah. What? Are you bleeding? I might be. Uh, you might need a transfusion. There's a lot of blood spatter mm. everywhere. Mm. What blood type do you have? Typo. Negative. Mm. <laughs> Is this the right place? It is. Is this Halloween roast number two? It is. I miss my friend Peter Steele. I know you love him too. He was a great guy. Super amazing guy. Yeah. Like, a little intimidating at first. And then you got to know him, and he was supremely cool. I remember seeing them at the Theater of the Living Arts in Philly on South Street. And after the show, he was hanging around. He was serving everyone beverages. May I prefer you a beverage? And he'd go to get it and bring it to people. He was like the host with the most. And not something you would see backstage at most concerts. If you saw anything like that, it surely wouldn't be the the singer from the band serving you your post-show beers. And he was incredibly friendly. At that show, I took my daughter, who is now in her 40s. And she was like so intimidated because I think he was the first rock star that she looked at and went, "Mm." you know what I mean? When you're a teenager, whether it's a woman or a guy, there's somebody who makes you. "Mm." And I don't think that it hurt that his playgirl spread had come out recently before that. Plus, he's six foot eight and with long flowing dark hair. Reminding one of Lurch. And a deep baritone voice. Oh, my God, yeah. That can be very intimidating to people who don't know him or don't have never met him before. Yeah. Very true. So I thought it would be great because they don't get enough love, and they're certainly a band that I wish was still with us, that still had music to make, mm-hmm. and that Peter was still with us. So let's celebrate the gloomy, doomy, beautiful music of typo negative in this episode of the imbalanced history of rock and roll or Halloween. He roast number two. So I did my honorable mentions and you did your creepy crawlies from the cramps. Yeah. What is your honorable mention? Oh, he who did an extensive interview with Peter Steele. I still pinch myself every once in a while. When I think about that interview with Peter Steele, it seems like it was totally surreal. I called his home phone number he answered with something like, Joe's moratorium, you stab him, we slab him. And I was like, uh, and I totally panicked. It was like 2007 as Dead Again was coming you, you out. You never know when an artist is going to put you on like that yep. at first just to see how you react. Yep. You and know? I was like, uh, uh, hello, is Peter there? And I totally froze. And he's like, ah! uh, 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 this is he. And I'm like, hi, this is uh, Marcus from WMMR. And... At first, I was, like, totally taken aback, but it warmed up right away. And if you hear the uh, interview on our website, imbalancehistory.com, you'll hear that it 
ended up warming up quickly. And I ended up taking 30 minutes out of the interview because we ended up talking about our father's passing away and the impact that it had on us. And it seemed so personal that I didn't feel comfortable sharing that something hmm. personal without Do you feel him. better about sharing it now? Because maybe you could put that in and include it on our website. Let me pull up that segment, edit it, clean it up, and see if I can do that. And maybe we'll do that as well. So. With or without it, you can find that interview for perspective on our website, imbalancehistory.com. We're trying to do more accompanying blogs like that when we can. Yes. And Peter Steele, just an amazing human being. We ended up talking a few more times after that. And I wish I could find the MP3 of the message he left on my uh, cell phone voicemail that was absolutely over the toply great and amazing. Marcus, this is Peter. I'm downstairs. If you don't answer the door, I'm going to come upstairs, kill you and fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> Call me back when you get a chance, Peter. And I just was like crying, laughing. My wife laughed because she had heard the interview and she thought he was really funny. I'd seen him a few times live at that point and then saw him again on the Dead Again tour, I think, which was at the Trocadero Theater. And oh, man, just what a really amazing human being and sincere and honest and real. And nice. A and really nice, nice guy, too. Genuinely really nice. All right. Well, now that we've both espoused our love of the big lunk yep. and how much we miss him, yep. for Wait. your portion of the after birthday party, what the, do you got, I've got for the honorable mention of your typo? Two. Everything Dies from 1999's World Coming Down and Kill All the White People. <laughs> Because if there's one that shows Peter uh, Steele's sense of humor, it's a song like that one for sure. And it's one that sure, can make Sure, you're singing people... it at a show and you're singing those words and then you're just looking around to see if anybody notices what the fuck you're saying, right? <laughs> yep. That's fun, isn't it? That's fun. <laughs> and their sense of humor is insane. And they were wild practical jokers on tour. So now that I have mentioned my two honorable mentions, Ray, it is time for us to hear your top five typo negative scary songs. My creepy curly five from typo starts at number five. No, not with black number one. It's only a hair color for Christ's sake. Number five is Kill You Tonight.
And this one might be more obvious to everybody. If you're a fan of Typo at number four, I put in everyone I love is dead. And as we get older, it starts to feel more and more like the truth. Here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll, Halloweeny Roast number two. We're in the second half talking about typo negatives, five scariest, right? And this one's so obvious. The cover's obvious, right? There's the uh, inference of vampiric sephotic love with bloody kisses, a death in the family. part the that really makes it more gory and scary and and then number two other than the surface of the words if you really listen to the textures and tones and the underlying everything on christian woman man it's that moment where i wondered if he was a vampire the way he delivers those words It's funny because he can uh, scare the daylights out of you and still be super sexual at the same time. And it's a wild combination to wrap your head around, but it works in every way. The thing was, they knew what they were doing. If you really were into it, chances are you at least got that there was a a cheeky nature to it. Mm -hmm. And if not, you just totally dug the music, which was fine as far as I was concerned. And the majority of the fans, that's probably it. But people who were friends with them or worked closely with Mark and everybody at Roadrunner when it came to this album or Monty, there was so much love 
with these guys. And the thing was that was great was they gave it back to the people who were their supporters out there to whatever level or degree it was. They just mm-hmm. had a good time with it. So, And that brings me around to our very scary number one on the typo side of the equation here. And I think I'm winning this thing if there is any such thing as winning on Halloween. As long, really? Does that mean I get the, does that mean I get the good candy, Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? And uh, number one, you're going to be jumping up and down. Oh, yes, Master. Yes, yes master. master. When I say our number one is the whole damn slow, oh, deep, and hard album. <laughs> Stick out the vinyl, drop the needle, any spot. It's amazing, and it's pretty scary stuff in the sonic realms. If you think about it, it is. It's got that hardcore punk from the carnivore in the previous days, and it also gives you a chance to see what typo negative was evolving into and the vindictiveness in Peter Steele's lyrics are insane. He is so pissed off in those lyrics. That was them bringing it all into focus. And even within the long form songs, there were parts that stood out. Some people would just play the part leading into and out of it, right? Or they would pick a segment that they liked. It made it harder even for the metal guys and gals who hosted shows to get in because most of the cuts were actually, you know, pretty damn long on the first one. But it indicated where they were going, like you said. And it showed that the way that things would go and uh, that it was going to be a dark, scary ride. And that's Mm -hmm. why they're right in the middle of our Halloweeny roast. And that's why that album is, uh, and the, the pictures uh, that associated to the graphics are, are classic. And that's why it's my number one out of the whole typo realm, so to speak. Uh, what a great discography. And we both recommend you listen to their discography. At some point, we will do a complete breakdown and overview of Typo Negative. Their importance in music is monumental, just like the Cramps. Their importance in music is so, so huge. And like another thing you should check out with Typo Negative is all the wild covers that they do. They've tongue-in-cheeked some of those covers and changed the names of them. Like, hey, Pete. Played with the words, yeah. Like, hey, Pete, instead of hey, Joe. They did a wild tongue-in-cheek version of Summer Breeze. and (laughs) I love that. In fact, it was almost part of my scary thing because if you were a Seals and Cross fan and you heard that, it would have scared the shit out of you. Absolutely. And uh, the original one that they sent to Seals and Crofts was so like obnoxiously sarcastic that Seals and Crofts were like, no, you can't use it. We'll let you do a straight cover of it only. You can't use this wild version of it. <laughs> I would love to see that letter. I would love to see that letter as well or hear that phone call between Seals and Crofts and the record label. <laughs> But they've done a lot of Beatles stuff. They've done some Sabbath covers. They're heavily influenced by Sabbath yeah, and the Beatles. Yeah, they were on the NIB record, yeah. So, yeah. Also, Kraftwerk was another one of their influences. So they've been influenced by many of the same bands that we have, and they've just bent the blues to their own doom and gloom. Typo. The Cramps on the Halloweeny roast here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. We've got a couple nice emails this week. I wanted to get into the mix here, if you don't mind. Uh, Anthony Marinaccio said, I just want to say you guys do a great job, and this has become one of my favorite podcasts. 
Thank, thank you, man. Thank you very I'm much. An, I'm an armchair rock and roll archaeologist, and I appreciate the history. And you know what? We were in the rocking chair, and we decided to get out of it and get together regularly and put together this podcast. So that's kind of the beginning point for a lot of people who end up doing more than just listening to the music. But by the way, if you're going to do that, being in the armchair is a good spot if you're going to enjoy all the rock and roll. That's not to say. Got another one here from Carl Bondi. He says, hey, guys, really enjoy your podcast. Stumbled on it a couple months ago, and I think I'm all caught up now. He says, I'm an auto worker, so I spend most of my day consuming podcasts and playlists. Among others, I really enjoy podcasts about music. Follow you guys. Also, the ongoing history of new music, MTV's Behind the Music, 60 Songs, Heart Shape Pod, etc. My question is, do either of you listen to any of the other podcasts out there that you recommend? I did send him a note. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, tell him about our friends here on the Pantheon Network and also reminding about Vinny and uh, Carmine's uh, podcast and the Pantheon terror drag the waters and all there's just a ton of great music podcasts out there and i would say to anyone that's looking for other stuff the pantheonpodcast.com network just go to pantheonpodcast.com and you'll see where we're in there in the whole mix of things and there's a lot of great podcasts there it's a good spot to start so thanks to carl for checking in he says, thanks a lot for your show. Keep up the great work. Cheers from your northern neighbor. He doesn't say it, but I'm guessing he's from Canada, eh? He's getting into toque season because it's getting cold up Oh, there. yeah. Fan mail from some flounder. I can't wait to wear all my toques. Well, you won't have to wait very long, even here in the southern portion of the Great White North. <laughs> and if you got anything you want to add to today's conversation or anything you hear while you're listening through, like Carl, make sure you send us an email at imbalancehistory at gmail.com. You can also respond on our social media at the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll on Facebook, Twitter at Imbalance Histo, and of course, Instagram, the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Well, we hope you have a very scary, fun Halloween and that you check the kids' candy before you steal your share, Mom. <laughs> We're there now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys are. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. You're allergic to peanut butter. So dad has to confiscate all the Reese's cups. It's true. It's it's not. I would compensate by giving extra what he liked, you know, mm-hmm. that he could eat. That's so funny. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, you guys have fun in your... In your uh, Family costume, I'm uh, saying that the Vegas line is only two out of the three will be in the costume. For some reason, something will change. And that's reminded me of last year when you end up not wearing the captain's costume or whatever it was you were wearing. Hey, Halloween, man, it's a crapshoot. When you got kids, you got to be prepared to get into the big beast suit and wear it for two, three years running if that's what the little princess, the little beauty wants. So that's what happened with uh, Lauren when she was Two, three, four. I was the beast. That's so cute. I still have. That's the thing is, I still put the thing on every Halloween, Mark. It's, it's getting a little weird for Marisa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do it in cram style and become the BDSM beast. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, grab that candy for me. I'll take the popcorn balls. And uh, we'll say we'll see you the next time we do this crazy podcast. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And this has been the Halloweeny Roast number two on the imbalanced history of Rock and Roll. Woo!
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.